Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our small group pastor, Sherry Benke, as we continue our series, In God We Trust. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m., and also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, hello, Yellow Box. How are you guys doing? Ooh, you guys are lively. See, some of you slept in this morning, I know. Yeah, oh, uh, hello to those joining us digitally. Anybody get injured springing forward this morning? No injuries? I think that's the one that kind of lingers a little bit longer, right? As John mentioned, um, a team of folks here from Community did spend some time in Florida last week. I had the pleasure of being able to do that. Um, it wasn't as warm. He's tr- right. I mean, they had a wind chill advisory because it was 42. <laughs> When I got on a plane to fly down there, it was negative two here. It was like a heat wave whenever I got there. Um, But it was a thrill to hear a community music sung by thousands of people from across uh, the globe, actually. So it was really cool to be there. All right, let's jump right in. I think when we're navigating life, I think there are two different kinds of people. I think there are people who like to make a plan. They have a list of things that they want to do, right? And then there's kind of the no plan people, right? Plan, no plan. So I want to play a game with you guys this morning. You want to play along? All right, so I'm going to share some activities with you. And if you're the kind of person that makes a plan, you can go ahead and raise your hand. And if you're no plan, we'll raise our hand for that one. We'll see kind of who's joined us in our crowd this morning. Okay, going grocery shopping. Do you go in with a plan? You have the list. It's probably mapped out according to the store, right? So you can shop real efficiently. Or do you go in and just kind of wing it? You know, cereal is dinner sometimes, right? You can do that. (laughs) Okay, what about this? What about date night? Date night, you have it planned, you know where you're going, when you're going, and you know when you're gonna be home before you even leave the house. Who's that planner? Okay, who likes to just go have a good time, right? (laughs) Okay, one more here. Vacation. Do you like to have an itinerary for every day? Or do you wanna wake up in the morning, no plan, and just let the day become what it is, right? Here's the thing. I, you know what? I think it's fun to kind of fly by the seat of my pants every now and then. That's okay. I, I think that's kind of adds some spice to life. But what about our finances? What about when we don't have a plan for our finances? And here's the thing. I think a lot of us, even if we're planners, we don't have plans for our finances. And because of that, we get ourselves into trouble. We've done some research recently, and we've discovered that the number one stressor for all Americans is money. We are drowning in debt. We're struggling to save. And we're worried because we are just a step away from financial crisis. That's why we have begun this series called In God We Trust. It's a three-week series. Uh, Last week, we talked about how we can trust God with everything, we, we, we needed to have a shift in our attitude and that by applying biblical principles to our finances, we can be free from the anxiety that, that plagues us in our life because of the finances that we have. Here's the thing, the path to financial freedom doesn't mean we have to win the lottery or have a six-figure income. The path to financial freedom isn't the American way of more. There is a different plan, but we have to take it. And so to start this path 
to financial freedom, it does require us to shift our attitude. Shift our attitude in knowing that everything we have is from God. Everything that we have is from God. But we can't just shift our attitude. We have to put practices in place that help us engage and actually intentionally travel this path to freedom. And so today we're going to talk about some practical steps that we can actually take to uh, have this financial freedom. But before we even start, I want to share with you that the reason why we want to have this uh, is because your heart is at stake. Your peace of mind is at stake. And so we're not going to ask you to sign anything. We're not going to ask you to make a commitment at the end of this series. We simply want to come alongside you so you can have a peace of mind because your heart is at stake. That's what this message series is all about. Here's the thing. What we do with uh, what we've been given reveals who has our heart. What we do with what we've been given reveals who has our heart. Jesus kind of put it this way. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's saying, you want to know where your heart is? Your heart is where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. And so if our treasure is going to me, mine, my dreams, the things that I want, my hopes and my dreams, guess who has my heart? I do. I have my heart. And and I think the the culture can kind of trick us into thinking that that's the good life when everything is all about me. But we know that that doesn't satisfy the deep desires and the deep longings that we have in our hearts. Andy Stanley has this wise quote. He says, what you do with your resources is a direct reflection of whose you are. If you belong solely to yourself, that's a very small life. If life is all about me, it is so insignificant. My small mind can create a small world And we were made for so much more than that. We were made for more than that. Jesus came so we could have life and life to the full. Life that is full and free and abundant. And whenever we realize that everything that we have is from Jesus, our hearts, our minds, even our finances, they all belong to him. And here's the thing. We can't think and pray our heart into new behavior. It just doesn't happen that way. Jesus is telling us that we have to take intentional, practical steps to develop habits. And it's those habits that ultimately change our heart. It's what we do that determines where our heart is. It's what we do with our treasure that determines where our heart will go. So for most of us, that means that it's time to stop flying by the seat of our pants when it comes to our finances uh, um, and make an intentional plan. And here's the thing. I'm in this story too. My colleague, John, who announced me here, he's constantly giving me a hard time because I don't have a budget app. And, and, and I need to get with the program too. I have some things in place, but, but, but I'm talking to all of us whenever I'm talking about this subject matter. And here's the reality. 78% of Americans who have a full-time job are living paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. That means that 78% of us are on the brink of financial crisis for every pay period. No wonder we're so stressed out. In one of Jesus' teachings, he had this to say. He said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost 
to see if you have enough money to complete it. And this question really, it kind of assumes a response of, well, of course, yes, we would have, we would consider the cost, but for most of us, we don't, we don't consider the cost. We just get a direct deposit of our paycheck. We grab our debit card, we go shopping and we swipe it until it says denied. And then we just reach in our pocket and just get another card. See if that one works, right? Worked at the other place, right? Here's the thing. If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll always wonder where it went. If you don't tell your money where to go, you will always wonder where it went. So do you have money or does money have you? Does it have you shackled with fear, worry, debt? See, we need to have an intentional plan. An intentional plan that moves us toward where we want to go before we end up in a place that we never want to be. And so I think we have some biblical principles that we can apply to give us this intentional plan. And and there's three steps to these biblical principles, and they are give, save, and live. So can you say give, Give. save, Save. live? Live. See, and I think this is what's gotten us into uh, some financial trouble here. So we should give first, save, and then live. But I think we've got that switched around where we live without a plan and we want to do, we want to give and we want to save, but we can't. We can't because we're shackled because we haven't made a plan. And here's the thing. I believe every single one of us wants to live a generous life. We want to give back to God. We want to give to those causes that are close to our heart. We want to help those in need. I believe every one of us, we want to have a financial plan. We want to save. We want to save for that vacation. We want to save for that wedding. We want to save for retirement. I think every one of us want to do that. But because we've gotten caught up in doing this third one first, we're unable to do the other two. We're unable to do it. Now, I know some of us have unique circumstances. We may have a health issue that's happening right now that prevents us from living this out. We may be in the middle of an unemployment season. But the truth is most of us, most of us, can begin to have an intentional plan. We can do that if we put our trust in God and apply these biblical principles of stewardship. We have to make an intentional plan. We have to intentionally and deliberately do it. And so the first practice in this plan is give. And whenever I say give, it's not about giving my money. Because what we talked about last week is everything is God's in the first place. So when we give, we give back. We give back to God, God who's been generous to us. And as we give back to God, we are saying thank you. It's it's a response of gratitude. It's a response of obedience. It's a way of putting our trust in God, making a, a deliberate demonstration of where our heart is with our finances. And regarding kind of this plan for giving, this is what Paul has to say in scripture. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so so what Paul is saying here, first at this onset, is, is you need to have a plan. You need to make a decision. Giving doesn't just happen. 
You have to make a decision. But he says, God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. That's his promise. His promise is that you would have all that you need. The principles of this scripture really became a reality for me several years ago for me and my family. When my husband and I first got married, uh, we both valued the, the biblical principle of tithing. But we also made a decision to go above and beyond that. And, and God blessed us financially. And, and frankly, he made it quite easy for us to be generous. But then things changed. 2009, 2010, if you guys remember, the economy was not good. I was a full-time mom with two little kids. My husband's job was uh, sales-related, and it was mainly uh, bonus-related as well, and and the market was dried up. And and we had these tough conversations. We were upside down on our house uh, because of the mortgage crisis, and we were talking about bankruptcy or foreclosing on our house. And so I made the tough decision to begin to work full-time, and and. Frankly, we weren't even sure if that was going to make ends meet. But I signed my kids up for daycare, and uh, mama got a job, and I went out and got a full-time job. And on my first day of work, I was um, at lunch giving a meal served to me. And uh, those full-time moms out there with little ones, you know the pleasure of getting a meal served to you that you haven't had in a while. And so my husband calls me, and I'm kind of bragging about, hey, I'm at lunch at my full-time job. And he's like, yeah, uh, I just got laid off. And so we were face-to-face wrestling with this. Were we going to continue to give what we had decided to give? Were we going to be a cheerful giver, even though now it, it wasn't so easy and we would have to be very disciplined and we had to pinch every single penny? Were we going to trust that God would actually provide all that we needed? And to be honest with you, I didn't have that sense that God would give us all that we needed at that moment. But you know what? He did. He did. And I wish I had time to share with you the creative ways that God kind of made all that work out. And man, it was a stressful time. But I am so glad that I went through that season because I learned so much. I learned so much about putting my faith in God and him providing for what I needed. And it makes giving messages like this so much easier because I've lived it out. I've actually walked this through. And so the first practice is give. Next week, we're gonna talk a little bit more about give. We're gonna use a tool called the generosity ladder. And the generosity ladder will just help you make a plan uh, for how you choose uh, to be generous. The second practice is save. We're gonna spend a little bit more time here. We're gonna add some numbers here. Now, I know we lost an hour of sleep. Hopefully, the coffee has kicked in as we move into the numbers portion of this talk. But give 10%, save 10%, and live on 80%. It's the 10, 10, 80 rule here. And um, why save? The reason why we save is because the dark side of not saving is debt. 
The dark side of not saving is debt. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, we need money. <laughs> it's a reality. We need, things are going to happen. You're going to have a car breakdown. You're going to have unforeseen expenses. You need to save for those or otherwise you will be forced to go into debt. And this is what scripture has to say about being in debt. It says the borrower is the slave to the lender. Being in debt enslaves us. And many of us know the harsh reality of what that looks like when we are enslaved to debt. So what are we supposed to do? Well, maybe this infomercial will help us out. Check it out. Oh, I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt, does it ever end? <laughs> maybe I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to help make payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed this unique new program for managing your debt. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Oh, let me see that. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you save. Give me that. And where would you get this saved money? I tell you where and how in chapter three. Okay, but what if I want something but I don't have any money? You don't buy it. Well, let's say I don't have enough money to buy something. Should I buy it anyway? No. Now I'm really confused. It's a little confusing at first. Well, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Now take the money away. Same story? Nope. You shouldn't buy stuff when you don't have the money. I think I got it. I buy something I want and then hope that I can pay for it, right? <laughs> no. You make sure you have money, then you buy it. Oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't you buy it before you have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. <laughs> the advice is priceless and the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put it on our credit card. <laughs> so get out of debt now. Write for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. And if you order now, you'll also receive Seriously. If you don't have the money, don't buy it. Along with a 12-month subscription to Stop Buying Stuff magazine. So order today. <laughs> you can clap for that. You know what? It's funny. It's funny because it's true, right? It's funny because it's true. That's one of my favorite sketches that I've seen from SNL. So what are we to do? What are we to do whenever we find ourselves in debt? Well, financial wizard Dave Ramsey gives us some tips on how to get out of debt. And the first thing that he says you need to do is you need to create an emergency fund. Get $1,000 in the bank. I don't care how you do it. You know, do a little side hustle, get a second job, sell something on Facebook, but get some money in the bank. So you have that emergency fund when some, something unexpected comes up. And then you need to focus on debt reduction. And you start debt reduction by stopping buying stuff you can't afford. That's what that video is all about. But that's how you do it. That's how you begin to dig out of that debt is you stop buying things that you can't afford. And as you make a strategy to dig out of that debt, then you can begin to focus on saving. And you can have uh, short-term goals 
and, and you can have long-term goals. And those short-term goals are like vacations, uh, the car that you want to buy. Christmas, it comes around every year. You can actually save for it. And then uh, long-term, long-term savings through retirement. These are the ways that you can kind of begin to make a plan, an intentional plan that moves you towards financial freedom. See, to give you an idea of what this 10, 10, um, 80 picture kind of looks like, um, I want to show you this picture. So this is, let's call them Mike and Kelly. How's that? Call them Mike and Kelly. Mike and Kelly, they're 25. Uh, They just got married. They have a combined income of $55,000. And I know that that's not much, but I mean, they're a young couple. They're just starting out. But at 25, if they apply the 10-10-80 rule, by the time they reach 65, they will have given away $220,000 and they would have $2.5 million saved for retirement. See, this intentional planning thing, it's a game changer. It works. When we intentionally plan how to use our finances, we can be a cheerful giver. We can live in financial freedom. But of course, this only happens if we live within the 80%. We give, we save, and that 80% determines what our lifestyle is going to be. And our lifestyle are things like our housing, our food, our utilities, the clothes that we buy, the car that we drive, that determines what we get. And so here's the thing. If you don't tell your money where to go, you will wonder where it went. And you don't want to wonder where it went when your mortgage payment is due. That's why you need a plan. And we want to offer you some tools that will help you make an intentional plan Uh, John had mentioned that our app, if you haven't downloaded our app, please do so. Right on the front screen of that app is is all kinds of tools that you can use. Uh, There's downloadable uh, things that you can have worksheets that help you uh, make a plan. There's workshops that you can go to. There's books to read, podcasts to listen to. You can even join Financial Peace University, which is a small group. Don't go at this alone. Bring your spouse along. Bring a friend along and make a plan. Make an intentional plan. There's all kinds of tools to help you. And maybe the first step for you is to sign up for one of these things that's happening here. Here's the thing. 78% of us are on the brink of a financial crisis. And we know that money is the number one stressor among us which tells me there's a lot of people in this room who probably need some help. So let's do things a little differently. Let's not keep doing the same thing. Let's make an intentional plan, an intentional plan that actually moves us towards financial freedom. And the plan starts with giving 10%, saving 10%, and living on that 80%. Here's the thing, I have never regretted a single penny I have given away, not once. I have never regretted it because as I give away, my heart grows in generosity. As I give more money away, my heart grows closer to Jesus. 
As I give more away, I become more in line with his heart. Jesus says, where your treasure is, so will be your heart. And I want my heart to belong to Jesus. And I think every single one of you have that same desire. So let's together commit to making this intentional plan as we move in these practical steps towards freedom, true freedom in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, uh, help us get our hearts and minds around this idea this, this biblical principle of giving and saving and then living on the rest um, that, quite frankly, can feel overwhelming for some people in this room. Give us courage to lean into that. But I also know it's probably, some of us are just living without a plan. And, and uh, gosh, help us, help us lean into a plan so, so we can live the life that you wanted for us. So our life actually demonstrates the truth of where our heart really belongs, and that's to you. So, Father, we thank you so much for your son that walked this earth and, and, and just shared with us wise ways to live. Paul, who continued to uh, share his wisdom as well. Father, we we just thank you for the gift of your son, uh, the gift of grace that he extends to every one of us and the gift of the Holy Spirit that will empower us, empower us to live with biblical stewardship of our finances. It's in your son's holy name that I pray, amen.